Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Our next guest coached Peyton Manning while at Tennessee, Eli Manning while at Ole Miss. During his 12 years at Duke, he has actually taken the Blue Devils to six bowls in the last seven years, and the last three of those bowl trips did end in victory. An easily forgotten part of his resume came to my mind because his opponent this week happens to be Notre Dame, number 15 in the country. Brian Kelly, you all know about the tradition there with touchdown Jesus and everything else. 14 years ago, David Cutcliffe, Duke head coach, was hired to be a Notre Dame assistant coach. And then he suffered a heart attack, and then he needed triple bypass surgery. Of course, he's back and better than ever, and he hosts the Irish three years after beating them head-to-head in South Bend. Coach Cut, I know you've described that as a somewhat scary, uh, but also moment that propelled you forward in life. If it's, if it's not painful, take us back there, because that sounds like a pretty big fork in not only your career, just your personhood. Well, yeah, um, it was um, probably, first of all, a, not a very wise decision to go, and not, not for any reason other than I, I would tell people that go through getting fired in the circumstance where it's so public, so emotional to your family, wait a little bit, don't make a quick decision. Mm. But, but we went to Notre Dame in December after getting fired at Ole Miss to kind of give a timeline to it. And um, up there through December, went home a bit, home being at the time, Oxford, Mississippi still, had kids in school. And um, for Christmas, went back, and then I started having uh, some chest pain when, you know, you're definitely wiping snow off the windshield, believe me. Uh, And either walking and just, you know, anything I was doing exercise-wise. And then I remember one morning, David, and it did frighten me. I I was in the residence inn where I was staying while I was working. I tried to get up. I got up, and I got the feeling so bad. I felt so bad that, you know, and this is kind of dumb on my part, but I laid there in that bed trying to get to feel better, and I thought to myself, you know, I'm probably going to die right here. Mm. And I was not smart enough to call 911, but um, I went in and said I need to go over to the hospital, and I went over there, and I wasn't having much of an event then. They kind of sent me away, and then spring break hit, and I still wasn't feeling good, and I went to my doctor back in Mississippi and uh, got on a treadmill, and they stopped it, and... 41 seconds, I remember that. Wow. Said, we're going to roll you in, do an arteriogram. Did the arteriogram. I had three um, arteries 99% blocked, including the widowmaker, as they call it. So they said, guess what, when I woke up, we can't stent these. Um, We're doing open-heart surgery tomorrow in Tupelo. Mm. And uh, it's, it's frightening, but I remember going in, to the surgery, and there are many, many people with tougher stories than this, but I, I held Karen's hand, and we said the Lord's Prayer. Mm. And if you don't, you know, work, work, or believe in faith, I, I found a peace right right there. And um, it was all going to be okay. But what you do learn is there's not a day. I mean, yeah, we just got beat by North Carolina and lost in a tough way. <laughs> 
there's not a day that doesn't have great value on this earth that we can do something for someone else. We can make someone happy. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, it changed me to the good. And people told me I couldn't go back to coaching. It would kill me. And my answer to Karen and all involved, I said, I'm going to tell you all, and I want you to believe me. It will kill me if I don't go back to working with young people. Hmm. This is what I should be doing. And so I went, you know, that, that, that spring, I had it in the spring. That summer, I went back to work for Philip Fulmer at Tennessee, and, man, I was coaching, you know. So it's it's an interesting path. I know that I'm one of the fortunate ones. I, I hate hearing these stories, or I've had friends that have just had their very first heart issue and, and passed away right there on the spot. Right. And I hope I'm not making someone upset by talking about it. I don't feel sorry for me, and I don't want anybody else to. And there are people, as I said, much worse off. But uh, if you get through that, take advantage of it. It's all I would tell people. Do do something good with what God's given you. Great advice. David Cutcliffe joining us on Twitter. He's at David Cutcliffe. His Blue Devils host number 15 Notre Dame Saturday night at Wallace Wade Stadium. If you can't get there, that game will be 7.30 kick on the ACC network. Coach, your age when that happened is very close to my age right now. And when I think of you somewhere near 50 or so years old, I would already have thought of you as one of the most contemplative, thoughtful, wise, keeping things in perspective people. Is that the one way that you changed after that scare in 2005? Uh, I I think I was raised well. So I've always been who I am, but I've had days that, you know, maybe I, I missed what a day could bring. Yeah. And John Mellencamp's got a line that he got from his grandmother, and he told me the circumstance. And life is short even in its longest days. Mm. we got long days, all of us do, you know. Uh, but, yeah, he's right. Life is short. And that was his grandmother. He said it took him 12 years to write the song, but that was his grandmother in her, in her deathbed. Uh, it's a cute, funny story. I won't go into all of that. And by the way, yes, my palms are soaking wet. And not ever, the entire time I've talked with you in the past, tough games, I've, I've never had my palms sweat. Huh. The story that you asked me about, yeah, it's pretty emotional. And I mean, I am my, my hands are soaking Man. wet. But I do appreciate you asking me because I don't bother people with it or talk about it, but maybe it's it's good for sometimes for people to understand what's real. Well, I've lost count, Coach, of the number of people who have taken things of meaning from your visits with us over a decade or so. So uh, sweaty hands, I guess, is not the worst byproduct of, no. re- of revisiting a tricky time. So I appreciate you. You always kind of open your, your heart and your mind to us, and we appreciate that. Uh, so back to football, you've got to deal with the number 15 team in the entire country. You are coming off the open week after that uh, dis- disappointment in Chapel Hill. What's the most important thing you got accomplished in your open week and then, you know, how have you handled? I'm sure you've gotten some second guessing about the pop pass and the late interception sure. when you guys were close to kind of snatching victory from the jaws of defeat. Yeah, the the, the, the least of my problems is is how I felt in, in calling it and doing it. Uh, my immediate concern was Dion, and yeah. uh, so I, I 
I got him on the bus and got him afterwards, got him on the bus as we were driving back to Durham. And what made me ultimately be okay with, with him making sure I saw him. It was funny. I came in Sunday after church um, and I, I walked in and he, he walked in at the same time and he smiled at me and I said, you're okay. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know what? All my teammates made me realize I am okay. And I, I was better than two. Um, that's as good as it gets. That's why we play sports. And, um, you know, it was sincere on his part. Yeah, I mean, we're all going to sit around. Not, I hope he doesn't. Listen, I, I'll be honest again. I'm, I watched a little bit of football Saturday. I had a harder time watching it. But, I, I, I mean, I got angry, you know. Hmm. I mean, I, I'm battling anger with this. And But anger, I told our team, you have to lose the anger because that's fire. That'll burn you up. Right. You have to use it for fuel, and you know I'm still working on it. But that that's okay. That's that's part of learning and living. But um, what we did to to you asked in in the open date preparing for Notre Dame, I would use two words. One might be predictable. The other one maybe not. Um, accountability. Every one of us. And the script that we run and we put on paper as coaches to um, any mistake that can stop a drive or continue a drive, fumbles, interceptions, penalties, missed assignments. We've always focused on practicing well. But in the next one may surprise you, but sincerity. If you don't believe what we're doing, if you're not sincere in what we're trying to accomplish as a player right now, you're in the wrong place. And I think everybody understands what sincerity means. And I've expected our team to to be sincere about the approach in practice, buy into it, own it. And so we've been pretty intense around here with accountability and hopefully real sincere about it. Last thing for you, Coach. It feels like, with some exceptions, I mean, you've talked to us about Alabama, which has that huge game against LSU. With some exceptions, the margins of victory and defeat are really, really small. Whether you're discussing the ACC Coastal uh, or even, you know, Virginia Tech just playing Notre Dame, the team you faced Saturday night. um, Is that just par for the course in your career? Is it different now? Is there more parity? Because in some years we would not have thought – you know, Duke could beat Notre Dame, but yet three years ago you beat them at their place. Yeah. And we've had all sorts of unpredictable results in, in victory and defeat. I, I think there is more parity without question. Um, there is a separation of the most elite, uh, but that's a very small group. Yeah. I have had time in my career, I'll be honest with you, when it's at Tennessee. I knew we were going to win nine of our 11 games, 11 in that era. There right. were only two that were questionable. Wow. I mean, literally, you know. And what a so, great feeling, huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy, and you're just better than everybody else. But in, in the circumstance we're in, I'm very thankful that we're good enough to beat anyone. Um, I went back and reviewed the Alabama game, and, you know, by possession, and, you know, we get stopped on fourth down on the seven-yard line in the first half. 
and they end up ahead 14 to three, and then we get stopped again on fourth down. You know, great coaching on my part, I guess. But on the 30-yard <laughs> line, first possession, we had nine plays in that drive. So I want our players to understand why I'm talking about accountability, and every time you get the ball, what you're capable of doing, and why you're capable of doing it. So I don't, I don't want to worry about the opponent or the you know, yeah, we got to pay attention. Notre Dame's great. Believe me, trust me, they are. But we better pay a whole lot of attention to our own accountability to have an opportunity and play clean, play hard, and and play together. And when you do that, you got a shot. You know what gives me sweaty palms, Coach, as we thank you for your time and let you go? Thinking of this world without you in it for the last 14 years. Well, I don't want to think kind. about that, man. Well, I'm, glad, I'm glad you're still with us. And thank you. Thanks That's for very the, kind, David. I appreciate it. Right back at you, man. That's All David right, Cutcliffe of Duke on Twitter, at David Cutcliffe. 2005, he mentioned the Widowmaker. Yeah, it has that nickname for a reason. The guy needed triple bypass heart surgery and didn't know he needed it. That's how precious and, and delicate life can be, man. Uh, wow. What, what a huge, huge presence he has had on our show. I'd say, you know, as much about non-football things as football things. And he's a heck of a football coach. Duh. Mentor to Peyton Manning. Mentor to Eli Manning. Mentor to, you know, an entire decade-plus worth of Duke Blue Devils players and Ole Miss players and, and Tennessee Volunteers, et cetera. Uh, he, he's just a different cat, man. He has perspective and wisdom and thoughtfulness, uh, class act uh, from A to Z, often has a lot of good football teams. And I mentioned six bowls in seven years at a school that had gone long stretches without any bowl games or other things to get excited about as, at all. If I had a choice to just chat with Coach Cut or watch him coach football, I have a feeling, you know, he wouldn't want to give up that seven-figure payday that he gets as a football coach. But if you can only pick one, Darren Vaught, you've been with me for four years' worth of conversations with David Cutcliffe. I've known him, you know, for the full 12 years he's been at Duke. We've been at, you know, fundraisers together. We've been at Catholic Charities dinners together. I've been able to introduce him at speaking engagements where – I try to get the crowd laughing so that, you know, whatever words of wisdom he has next, imagine preceding David Cutcliffe at a speaking engagement. Like that's, it's not quite preceding Michael Jordan in the dunk contest, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> you know, try to be funny, not far off. try not to be far funny, off. get in quick, compliment coach cut and get out quick because they're all looking forward to his words of wisdom. If you had to pick, I mean, Kevin White at Duke doesn't want to hear this. He, I think he wants him as a person and as a Duke football coach. If I can only have one coach cut, man, I want the guy that's just kind of given a homily once a week, you know? Just words of wisdom, life advice. Would you not go to that guy at a fork in the, fork in the road of your life or career or football or anything sure. else? every time. You kidding me? Ten times out of ten. Wow, what a unique person. Glad he's been glad he's here in our backyard. Super appreciative that he's been such a big part of our show for so long. 14 years ago, the guy could have died. As a Notre Dame assistant football coach alone in a hotel room when he was too stubborn to dial 911 when he was having heart pains. Man, it's a good thing they figured out, what did he say, 41 seconds into his treadmill? Yeah. That number still jumps out in his mind. I got sweaty palms now, man. 
1-800-849-2761. Jones Angel in the books. David Cutcliffe in the books. Jeff Diamond on the future of the Carolina Panthers. Cam Newton, Christian McCaffrey, and otherwise. You can be next with your question or comment. If you're just joining us, we're celebrating a lot of things. The legend of Philip Rivers, the former Wolfpack quarterback, of course, always with the Chargers at the NFL level, is making his 229th career start tonight. As on Thursday night football, the Chargers visit the Raiders. The winner of that, even though they both have middling records, will actually be right in the thick of the AFC wildcard race. With Philip in mind, we picked over the question of the day. Who's the greatest NFL quarterback of the Super Bowl era who never played in the Super Bowl? Philip Rivers is number one in that top ten list in the eyes of ESPN.com in an article Bill Barnwell wrote earlier today. Kemba Walker is back in Charlotte. The greatest player in Hornets history is wearing a different uniform this time. TNT is in town in the Queen City, one of the rare Hornets games on national TV. It's the 5-1 Boston Celtics led by Kemba Walker. Visiting the Hornets, there is a high expectation for a long and heartfelt standing ovation for that Kemba Walker guy. Question of the day, what current or former athlete for your favorite team, college or pro, would inspire or maybe did inspire the greatest, the longest, the most heartfelt standing ovation from you personally if that person had a homecoming game or in the imaginary homecoming game for him or her. It's real for Kemba Walker tonight as the former Hornets superstar. Three straight All-Star games these last three seasons, now wearing that Boston uniform against James Borrego and the 4-3 and three Hornets. 1-800-849-2761. Cole Anthony introduced himself to the college basketball world night last night in Chapel Hill. The Carolina Hurricanes are back on the ice tonight hosting the New York Rangers. I will see you there. I have my special guests in my on-the-glass seats, so look for me Dan, down low there by the Zamboni entrance. Say hello if you get a chance. College football is on our mind. Week 11 is here. The bigger games, of course, aren't until Saturday. LSU at Alabama is a battle of unbeatens. Penn State at Minnesota is a battle of unbeatens. And around here, not only is Notre Dame visiting Duke, number five and undefeated Clemson visits NC State. We'll be there with the big tailgate tour. Number 19, Wake Forest, goes to Virginia Tech. Louisville is at Miami, and the Canes are not out of the coastal chaos conversation yet. Wake Forest lost at BC in basketball last night but has a chance at one of the best football seasons in school history. Dave Clawson and the Deeks 7-1 as they head to Blacksburg on Saturday afternoon. 1-800-849-2761. Your questions and comments about those headlines of the day. Your answers to our questions of the day. You can be next at 1-800-849-2761. We're glad you're with us on The David Glenn Show. Dabo Sweeney, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Yeah, How man. are you, man? Good to see you. It's great to How see you. Been? I saw that you took your family to Italy. It was unbelievable to go to Rome and to stand at the Coliseum that was built in 80, <laughs> 80, <laughs> 80 it's the original Death Valley, you know, literally. This is the David Glenn Show. to the David Glenn Show. Sterling in Concord, North Carolina, near Charlotte, writes in about Kemba Walker's homecoming. Others want in on Cole Anthony and the launch of college basketball season. Duke with the win Tuesday night. Carolina with the win and Cole Anthony with the historic debut for the Tar Heels. 
Carolina over Notre Dame last night in Chapel Hill. College football has a huge weekend that awaits us. Week 11 is actually underway at that level. Week 10 is here at the NFL level. Phillip Rivers and the Chargers visiting the Raiders tonight on Thursday night football. Phillip, who will turn 38 in December, the former Wolfpack superstar, is now 229 starts into his NFL career and has never made the Super Bowl. ESPN.com wrote an article capsulating the 10 quarterbacks, the best performers at the professional level who have never played in the Super Bowl. Dan Marino famously never won one as a quarterback of distinction, but at least he got there. Phillip Rivers hasn't even gotten there. Phillip Rivers was number one on Bill Barnwell's list of the greatest quarterbacks ever to fall short of the Super Bowl. Still time for Phillip, but with a 38th birthday coming in December, you don't know how much more time. Warren Moon was number two on that list. It was Dan Fouts, another former Chargers quarterback, number three. Tony Romo of the Cowboys was number four. And then on down the list, 1-800-849-2761. With Phillip in mind, we're asking about those great quarterbacks never to make the Super Bowl. And with Kemba Walker's return to Charlotte in mind, we're asking what current or former athlete for your favorite team, college or pro, would inspire you to give the longest, the greatest, the most heartfelt standing ovation at his or her homecoming game, whether that's a real thing, like Kemba returning with the Celtics tonight to face the only other team he's ever known, the Hornets, whose uniform he wore for eight seasons, or whether it's just an imaginary homecoming for your favorite athlete who meant that so much, that much to you as a fan of this team or that, college or pro, 1-800-849-2761. Sterling in Concord writes, DG, thank you, thank you, thank you for talking some Hornets today. We often live in the shadow of the NFL and the Carolina Panthers. I've been told there are even more diehard Kaniacs of your hockey team, he writes in Raleigh, than there are diehard Hornets fans like me who root for the home team in the NBA. Sterling asks of our staff, he says, who joins Kemba on your all-time Hornets team? I just want to ride this wave. TNT is in town to televise the Celtics-Hornets games nationally. My favorite statewide radio show is talking about Kemba's return and the Hornets off to a winning start. Who joins Kemba on your all-Hornets team all-time? Sterling and Concord listening at 1-800-849-2761. Obviously, Kemba is your starting point guard. For the record, former Wake Forest star Muggsy Bogues still holds the franchise record for assists. So Kemba Walker, leading scorer in franchise history, most field goals, most minutes played, most three-pointers, most free throws, and other things. Muggsy is still the assist leader. So can I have Kemba backed up by Muggsy Bugs? I was going to say Muggsy the one. We'll roll with Kemba at the two. Ooh, you could, you could, yeah. but I don't know. He had the ball in his hands for the overwhelming majority of those eight <laughs> no, years. No, you're absolutely you're right. You're stretching the definition in this, in of this fantasy guard. land. And I'm, remember, I'm going to roll with both. Maybe, as Rick Pinnell told us yesterday, Kemba Walker is only the second most beloved Hornet of all time. Del Curry is the most. So Del Curry, I think, still a broadcaster, most beloved, number two career scorer in Hornets history. I'm giving Dell the start at the wing guard. Is that all right? Yeah, I might shift him to the three, and we're just going to play a little small. Well, I don't know, because <laughs> listen, you know how mathematical my brain can be at times. I looked up how many players have actually represented the Hornets in multiple All-Star games. Now, there are guys who wore a Hornets uniform, but then made All-Star games for other teams. The answer is 
There are only a handful. Kemba just made three straight All-Star games as a Hornet. Nobody else has ever made more while representing the Hornets. So, again, Kemba's the starting point for this team, this all-time team, and tonight's homecoming and everything else. Glenn Rice went to three straight All-Star games as a member of the Hornets. So I'm going to start him at the three. I think <laughs> so. Give me Glenn Rice, man. We've got some shooting. You're making it. You're making it tough for me to squeeze Muggsy Bogues into my starting lineup. Uh, Del Curry's at the two. Glenn Rice is at the three. Kemba is, is at the one. Muggsy is going to be my second team point guard. Gerald Wallace is actually the third leading scorer in Hornets history. He's going to have to back up Glenn Rice at the three. And you know who else represented the Hornets at multiple All Star games? even though they're probably more famous for stuff they did elsewhere, certainly in one of these two cases. Larry Johnson and Alonzo Mourning, high first-round picks of the Hornets way, way early 90s, both did represent the Hornets in two different All-Star games. So they went on to even greater things, Alonzo especially, elsewhere. But how's that for a starting five? Kemba Walker, Del Curry, Glenn Rice, Larry Johnson, Alonzo Mourning. Yeah. You no, go with that? That's the most well-rounded. Grandma- I, I was being irrational. Grandmama at the four. Alonzo actually wasn't here all that long, but I'll give Alonzo Mourning the start at the five. Glenn Rice backed up by Gerald Wallace. That's a heck of a three pairing there. Del Curry, I don't know. We'll get David Wesley or somebody to back him up at the two. Kemba followed by Muggsy. Then you can throw in a Ray Felton if you want. Throw in a Baron Davis if you like. Uh, Anthony Mason's going to back up Grandmama at the power forward for me. Uh, maybe I'll throw Marvin Williams on our 13-man roster as well. What do we get, 15 yeah. nowadays? Yeah. Emeka Okafor did enough good things long enough that he can back up Alonzo Mourning. Do you want a blast from the past Vlade Divac as an <laughs> off-the-bench big fella as well? Al Jefferson wasn't here long enough to make this all-time and team, And quite frankly, he? that's too many too many bigs. I'm, I might be running out of roster spots, but there you have it, Sterling and Concord. You ride that wave as far as you can possibly ride it, young man. And yes, we talk NBA on this program. We just wish the Hornets would give us more reasons more often to talk Hornets when the NBA conversation rolls around. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket in on the questions and topics of the day. Darren, did you hear that the President of the United States who recently was booed at the World Series mercilessly and also booed, there was a mix of cheers at a UFC event. Apparently the president is just desperately seeking any sporting event where the boos won't be the loudest things that he hears. And he seemed to be surprised at the World Series. Wasn't a surprise to me or most of you, I don't think, but the president himself seemed to be borderline shocked that so many in a public setting would try to boo him out of the building. Well, he is expected to be in attendance at the LSU-Alabama game on Saturday. So, like, when in doubt, I guess head to SEC country. Go to a college football game somewhere in the deep south and maybe hope that the cheers are at least as loud as the boos. We'll see what awaits us on the football field. We'll see what awaits the current president of the United States. Would it be okay to say, Darren, here in 2019 United States, would it be okay to say here on November 7th, 2019, as the president heads to the LSU-Alabama game in Tuscaloosa, that both the Tigers and the Crimson Tide and both of their quarterbacks, Joe Burrow and Tua Tunga-Vailoa, would it be fair to say that both of those teams and both of those quarterbacks to this point in this season have unimpeachable resumes?
Would it be okay to say that? It's 8-0 LSU at 8-0 Alabama. And if you haven't been paying attention to the Heisman straw poll, I would call Joe Burrow and Tua Tungavailoa unimpeachable resumes as well. No? The last I saw, two of the top three vote-getters in the midseason just-for-fun Heisman polls, no, your vote is not due until the end of the season. Joe Burrow was number one, and I saw Tua, despite his recent ankle injury and missing some time, hanging in at number three. So you have number two LSU and number three Alabama. I mean, what defines unimpeachable more than unbeaten resumes, right? And when it comes to quarterbacks, listen to these. Joe Burrow of LSU at a school that rarely has been known for good quarterback play. Great defenses? Yes. Great running games? Yes. Great D-backs? Yes. Great offensive linemen? Yes. Salute to Trey Turner of your Carolina Panthers, a product of LSU. Not so often the quarterbacks. Well, Joe Burrow, the transfer, is completing almost 80% of his passes for 350-plus yards per game passing. That's at LSU. Where have you gone, Tommy Hodgson? 30 touchdowns and four interceptions. That's Joe Burrow. Is that an unimpeachable resume? I think it is. And Tua Tungavailoa of Alabama, 75% completions, 309 passing yards a game. Ready? 27 touchdown passes for Tua, only two interceptions. Unimpeachable resumes for the quarterbacks, unimpeachable resumes for the 8-0 Tigers and the 8-0 Crimson Tide. I guess you could also apply that phrase to Penn State at Minnesota as well. Unimpeachable resumes, you could argue about the details, but unbeaten is unbeaten, right? 8-0 Nittany Lions at the 8-0 Golden Gophers. 1-800-849-2761. Whereas you know a lot about certainly Nick Saban and probably at this point Eddie Orgeron as well. P.J. Fleck and James Franklin kind of fit that under 50, do you know what they have done as head coaches description? James Franklin's been around for a while longer. He was successful at, successful at Vanderbilt in the SEC, which is really hard to do given the high academics at Vandy, the smaller stadium, small private university, surrounded by huge public universities that win a lot more often than Vandy does in football and sometimes cheat on the way to getting there. James Franklin won at Vandy, which of course got him on the radar of up-and-coming young coaches in the coaching carousel. He's still only 47. He's in his sixth year at Penn State. This may be his best Nittany Lions team, They've gone to three straight, or they've been ranked in the top 25 in the final polls for three straight years. James Franklin has taken the Nittany Lions to two top 10 finishes in the last three years. They won the Big Ten title back in 2016, but some in Happy Valley, a place I got familiar with in my childhood growing up near Philadelphia and as a young guy in Philadelphia. Some believe that James Franklin has his best ever Penn State team. And, of course, we rarely talk about Minnesota in college football. But the other unimpeachable resume, the 8-0 Golden Gophers, the guy with his name on that is 38-year-old P.J. Fleck. Third year with the Gophers, and it's the classic upward trend. 5-7 and seven is first year. That's what we're used to from Minnesota football, right? 7-6 and six the second year, also kind of what we're used to from Minnesota football. 
and now 8-0 so far this season. He just got a big raise. He just got a big contract extension. He just got his buyout number lifted all the way to $10 million, just in case somebody like Florida State came calling for P.J. Fleck of Minnesota. They can see the upward trend from 5-7 and seven to 7-6 seven and six to 8-0 and oh as well. He was a guy very successful as the head coach at Western Michigan. Another school you don't hear a lot about in football, he was 13-1 and one there back in 2016. That catapulted him to the Minnesota job in the Big Ten. I don't think the Golden Gophers have much of a chance of extending this run of brilliance. They still have not only Penn State this week, at least that one is at home, they still have probably more hurdles, yeah, I would say more difficult hurdles to clear than any of the unbeaten teams that we are following right now. Whichever of the seven you may like most, I don't think anybody has more hard games left than the Golden Gophers. Uh, Alabama and LSU, yeah, they, the winner likely still has the SEC title game, but what are their toughest remaining games besides that? LSU's got to play Texas A&M. That's its other toughest regular season game after visiting Alabama. Alabama, after hosting LSU, what's their toughest game left? They go to Auburn to close the regular season, and then who knows what might await in the SEC title game. Penn State has a tough road still ahead. They got to go to undefeated Ohio State in a couple weeks. Clemson at NC State this weekend. We'll see what happens. They still have to deal with the Wake Forest team that if the Deeks win at Virginia Tech would be 8-1 and one heading to Death Valley. That would be possibly 10-0 and 0 Clemson against possibly 8-1 and one Wake Forest. And then the Gamecocks await the Tigers at the end of the regular season. South Carolina, I mean, dangerous, I guess. But the Gamecocks have a losing record right now. They were good enough to beat Georgia in a shocker. But they're 4-5 and five under Will Muschamp as the calendar has turned to November. In contrast to all of those... Minnesota's got to host Penn State, visit Iowa, then host Wisconsin. Out of all the teams that are undefeated, and again, we're down to seven, the one with the least likely chance of finishing the regular season undefeated, I would think would be P.J. Fleck and the Golden Gophers. That is a really rough road to hoe the rest of the way. 8-0 Baylor still has to deal with both Oklahoma and Texas, although both of those do have to visit Waco I wouldn't bet on Baylor being an undefeated Big 12 champion, but credit to the Bears for getting to November as a part of this conversation. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. Phillip Rivers and the Chargers back in the national spotlight tonight on Fox and the NFL Network, Thursday night football style. Kemba Walker's homecoming, and the Celtics and the Hornets are actually on national TV. Cole Anthony has announced his arrival in college basketball. The Carolina Hurricanes are home against the Rangers tonight. I will see you there in just a few hours. College football is on our mind as well. You can jump in on the other side. 1-800-849-2761. It's a last call for phone calls next on the David Glenn Show. Throwback Justice League. You know, Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, Aquaman. If there was a combine event where you had to talk to marine life, Aquaman is your guy. Zay Jones is dominating the three-cone drill. Aquaman is dominating the talk to porpoises drill. This is the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Uh-oh, Darren. DG, have you seen what happened to Matt Jones in Kentucky? 
And do you have any concern that something like this could happen to you? For those who don't know, there's a guy named Matt Jones. There are only so many statewide platforms in sports radio around the country. A guy named Matt Jones has a very successful platform called Kentucky Sports Radio in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. As I joke about my future in politics from time to time, and my wife, the lovely and talented Maria, reminds me every time a caller says, DG, why don't you run for office, man? We like your way better than this or that that we're seeing at the state level or the national level or otherwise. And the lovely and talented Maria puts the kibosh on that right away and says, you know, basically, good luck to you if you ever run for political office. <laughs> but it's going to have to be as my ex-husband if you choose to do such things. So that's pretty much the end of that. And that's why we leave the Glendavian platform just to joke around with. Well, there's this guy named Matt Jones, similar statewide syndicated sports radio platform, also chimes in from time to time on life matters as we do here on our program when sports and politics become intertwined and sometimes my legal background gives me some expertise that others might not have so I chime in on this or that and some people love it and some people hate it and and whatever y'all know the rest of that story well in Kentucky Mitch McConnell actually filed an FEC complaint against the Kentucky equivalent, kind of, sort of, of the David Glenn Show here in North Carolina. And Matt Jones was asked by his employer, iHeartRadio, to not for a while host his show. Now, why would the FEC, the FEC, Federal Elections, think of, right? Why would they care about a sports radio host in Kentucky? Well, this guy not only has goofed around about politics, he is dead serious about not only running for office, but possibly challenging Mitch McConnell for his seat in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. So what happens? Election law basically says, well, you're not allowed to give this dude a three-hour-a-day platform. I haven't heard his show. I don't know how long he's on the air. But you're not allowed to give candidate A a statewide three-hour-a-day platform because that's unfair to candidate B or C or D that may not have their own syndicated statewide, in that case, sports radio show. So, no, I've never worried, to answer your question. No, whereas there are some parallels, I have never spoken seriously about running for a specific office. Matt Jones has spoken openly and seriously about his desire to enter politics and about his desire to run for Mitch McConnell's seat. The FEC, the uh, McConnell's people did file that FEC complaint. Matt Jones's employer kind of backed down and asked him to step away from the show, at least for a while. So there are some fun and interesting parallels there. But, uh, Darren, just so you know, I would alert you. It would be the lovely and talented Maria. Just first, first and foremost, of appara- apparently just so that she could line up the divorce attorney <laughs> yeah. in time. Uh, and then I think I would come right to you just, okay. just to right. let you know I'm stepping away from radio to, <laughs> to officially enter politics. Frankly, I like sports too much. And whereas I would have no problem with the javelin catching part of the po- who who's better wired? than a sports radio host who already catches javelins left and right and is not afraid of the public forum and does have a legal background and has chimed in on social issues. Who is better equipped to deal with the the angry public 
than someone who's had a pretty big platform for decades here across North Carolina and already deals with the lunatic fringe from this school or that school or somebody who you know, doesn't like what I had to say or this or that. I mean, would the, would the political arena scare me away the way it would scare people from other walks of life? I don't think so. I mean, seriously, <laughs> I'm sure the bigger your platform, the more javelins you have to catch. But I don't know. I've had some pretty big platforms for a long time, so that part of the equation doesn't scaring, scare me at all. The whole my wife leaving me thing, you know, that, that, that's a bigger factor, Darren, <laughs> in my uh, desire to keep the Glendavian platform more of a sports radio thing as we discuss life and sports and the intertwining of some crazy things from time to time. Uh, not ready for that leap just led. I'll let you know, though, and I'll also let – the Federal Elections Committee, or whatever that stands for, I'll let them know as well. 1-800-849-2761. We have some final thoughts and some TV picks to discuss on the other side. It is a great night for sports fans across North Carolina. We'll tell you why next on The David Glenn Show. Megan Rapino is joining us on the David Glenn Show. Not everybody wants to sort of uh, back up Colin Kaepernick. Why are things like that important to you? I think it's all of our responsibility to try to make our country and our society and ultimately the world um, a place that is equal for everyone. This is the David Glenn Show. We are coming down the stretch on today's program. And down the they come. Thanks to David Cutcliffe of Duke. Always meaningful visits with Coach Cut. Jones Angel of the University of North Carolina. The outstanding play-by-play voice of the Tar Heels. History was made by Cole Anthony last night in Chapel Hill. Duke and Carolina, by the way, are back at it tomorrow night. Devils host Colorado State. Carolina visits C.B. McGrath, Roy's longtime assistant, now the head coach of the UNC Wilmington Seahawks. Jeff Diamond was great on the NFL. Appreciate him dropping by as well. Free for All Friday awaits us tomorrow. I'm headed to the Canes game tonight, and that is also among your TV picks. Man, there is something for everybody. Caniacs, Rangers at Canes, 7 o'clock, Fox Sports Carolinas. I'll see you at PNC Arena if you're there. Catch it on TV if you can. Hornets host the Celtics, Kemba Walker's homecoming. That's 8 o'clock, the rare Hornets game on national TV, TNT with the call. You got the college football Thursday night doubleheader. You have Phillip Rivers and the Chargers visiting the Raiders, 8 o'clock or so, Fox and the NFL Network. You have the second half of the TNT doubleheader as Blazers Clippers. Even get a U.S. Women's National Soccer Team matchup tonight. Enjoy those games. See you at PNC, and I hope to see you tomorrow on the David Glenn Show. Mr. President Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to, to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina. Love the people in North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. The David Glenn Show.